everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cosplay Bites, the podcast all about cosplay, conventions, and all the additional nerdy bits and bites. Uh, for this special episode, uh, I have with me uh, world-renowned, I guess first thing that came to my mind, uh, illustrator and cosplay character designer, I'll say it. Uh <laughs> Uh, Zach Fisher with me. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. Great. We were just both discussing before I turned the live button on that. We're both tired. Um, <laughs> so we'll make it through, kind of, though. Kind of a default. Yeah, default. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just before we just get into it, um, those who are new here, uh, Cosplay Bites is my podcast show uh, distributed mainly on uh, Anchor. And it's also available on other platforms like Apple Podcast. Uh, now it's on Breaker, I believe, uh, Spotify, and all the other podcasting platforms, whichever one suits for you. And uh, if you could uh, rate and review the show, uh, that would help out a lot. Uh, just to eh, give me a little mood booster to keep going, although I love doing this regardless. Um, over on my blog, The uh, Lightning Palace, uh, you can check out features from this week. I did a showcase on uh, Bombshell Cosplay's um, Zarya from Overwatch, but it was part of the, I guess, Dress Down group known as Underwatch that was part of a group. Uh, gosh, I don't know how long ago that was, but I know it was a while ago. I and then, like two, I think it was like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was it Dragon Con or Captain no? Con? It was anim, anime. Uh, oh, oh, uh, hmm. um, Colossal Con, I think, wasn't it? Really? I don't think so. Because I mean, a well, lot of. I remember it. I just. I, <laughs> you're right. I just. Don't yeah, remember. it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did a feature on uh, Stella Chu as to be, and then upcoming. I've got cosplayers like uh, Shappy Workshops, Angel Mercy, uh, Vorian Cosplays, uh, Captain Green Lantern, and um, oh, and I just wrapped up one on a uh, Blackwater Cosplays, uh, Vanessa Van Cleef, which was really awesome to write about. So yeah, you can look forward to that. And then just a quick uh, shout out to my patrons over on Patreon. I have uh, Shaylin... Noah, Coralia Jade, Oh My Sophie, Katyuska Moonfox, Mink the Seder, and Nicole Marie Jean. And with that stuff out of the way, um, yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, I mean, I'll start it off and then I'll let Zach go more detail. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I first found Zach through, I guess you could say that. You first worked with Jessica Negri on Deathwing. Well, it wasn't I, it, was, it? Wasn't the first thing I did, but yeah, it was it was pretty early on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that was the one that made me realize of your work. And then since uh, then, you've done like other other uh, dragon designs for her from WoW. You've done uh, like her Light Fury from How to Train Your Dragon. You've done. Other designs such as um, Annie Mia's Rainbow Bright. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's earned you the nickname of a sadist because of your 
association with putting in way too many spikes <laughs> in an outfit. That's what that's what I've heard. From... Is there such a thing as too many spikes? I don't know. It depends I don't on know. Who you ask, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, how did you get into like doing like the, just the illustrator stuff and whatnot? Well, I, I mean, I I have an art I have a fine art degree um, from the Cleveland Institute of Art, and um, I majored in. Uh, well, I'm mean, the major that I had was kind of a weird mix of things that my school put together because they didn't understand uh, kind of the new media that was coming out at the time, like video game stuff and web design. So they kind of lumped everything into one major and they called it time or technology integrated media environment. Huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was a little weird because like I was in the same major as people who were doing like animating and web design and graphic design and like basically anything that had to do with computers. They sure. put into one major, which was kind of not good because I ended up having to take a lot of like classes that had nothing to do with what I wanted to do. Um, but yeah. ultimately, it worked out. I, I was able to focus on, uh, you know, take a, a focus in uh, game design and uh, game illustration. So that was that was great. But I mean, I, I from my you know second or third year of college, I wanted to get into doing concept art for video games, and um, you know. I, even back then, I was into the cosplay uh, scene. I, I loved, you know, going to conventions and checking out the cosplay. And I even cosplayed myself a couple of times. It was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, so I, I did work in comics for a little while uh, out in Portland. I did, in, I did an internship at a comic studio there uh, that at the time was called Periscope. Now, they are, now they're called Helioscope. Okay. And uh, I learned a lot of things from them. And um, I just kept in contact with a lot of my cosplayer friends and, um, you know, I just kept, you know, uh, using what I was learning there and uh, trying to incorporate it uh, better into just the idea of illustration in general. Like, um, and uh, I don't know what it was, but I think at some point um, I decided that I wanted to, to update some superhero designs okay that that existed within marvel or D dc like I, I was really kind of bored with the the the, the design the costumes and everything like that and um sure so, sure. I, so I so i did that armored valkyrie uh Mar you know marvel's valkyrie character uh this is before you know the movie and everything had come out with, with thor 2 you know so there was no existing mcu version of her so i did this armored version and somehow that ended up in uh, Lightning Cosplay's uh, feed, and she contacted me and wanted to, to craft it. Oh, okay, yep. And then I ended so that happened, and then I also, uh, somebody had asked me to do an armored version of Elsa, uh, a friend of mine who followed my work. Uh, I was just doing random sketches for people at the time, just to make a little extra money on the side, a friend who was a cosplayer asked if I could do an armored version of Elsa from Frozen. So I did that and somehow that ended up on Kamui Cosplay's radar. Oh boy. And she <laughs> contacted me and said, I want you to design me a female version of Malthale from Diablo. And I was like right up my alley. And- uh, Oh, okay, yeah. So, and I'd been following Kamui Cosplay and Lightning Cosplay for a number of years because they were both huge, you know, Blizzard cosplayers. And I was like, okay, this is gonna be great. Um, 
And, you know, just the cosplay world being what it is and how everybody, you know, once a trend starts, it just kind of gets, it picks up steam real quick. Yeah. And uh, the next thing I knew, I had people contacting me left and right. Hey, I need you to do this kind of design for me. Or I had an, I have an idea for this. Can you help me with this? Um, and uh, that's when I got a contact from uh, Jessica, Jessica Negri, who said, hey, uh, I want to do Deathwing, a female version of Deathwing for uh, BlizzCon. This was back in like, I think 2015 is when we worked on that. And yeah. um, it, it, was, uh, it was a fun process. Um, Jess, she is probably the most hands-on collaborator that I've ever worked with. Um, she, <laughs> nothing gets put into a design uh, for her that she doesn't want to be there. Um, right. A lot of the times I would actually even say that, you know, there, there's been a couple of times where she, most of the, the design is her idea. So I'm, I'm kind of just, when I work with her, just kind of acting as her hands to kind of get the ideas that are in her head out of, <laughs> out of it and onto, on into some sort of visual. Gotcha. Um, yeah. You know, so when, when you see a bunch of spikes on something that, you know, I, Jess and I worked on a lot of that's because she said at some point, I need more spikes. Uh, <laughs> oh, so she's the statist. <laughs> <laughs> to a degree, I think we both. I think, but you know, we we agree on things. We we there's a lot of brainstorming back and forth. I think if I think I think if most people were able to to kind of listen in on our brainstorming sessions, they'd realize just how much uh, she's in the driver's seat on these things. Yeah, and um, you know that, and that's great because like you know, some people come to me and they they have uh, less of an idea of what they want, and it's up to me to kind of form an idea and really kind of develop it. Uh, but with Jess, it's a lot easier. That's why there, there's a, a lot faster of a turnaround uh, whenever she has me do something. It's because there's a lot less thinking I needed to do. Um, most of it's right. just, it's already there in her head. She just describes it and I'm like, oh, well, that, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and we, you know, we'll brainstorm. We'll, I'll, you know, we'll hop on Skype or something and I'll have a screen share up where I'll just be sketching and she'll be like, no, 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 more like this. And like, kind of just, with an MS paint sketch kind of show like where she wants things. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so it, it, you know, it really works out really well that way. And, and, um, but like, I like, I like, you know, having a little bit of creative play too, uh, when, you know, other people come to me and they, they just want a character redesign. They don't really have an idea of how it should be done. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it varies. Um, but the illustration aspect of it is, is something that's always been kind of at the root of, uh, you know, my interest. I, I, my ultimate goal is to work as a concept artist for Blizzard. And I mean, I'm inching closer and closer. I, I really wish it wasn't inching anymore. I wish I was just there, but, um, right. Yeah. It's a highly, it's a highly competitive uh, position. You know? Oh, absolutely. No, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try telling people it's like harder than it's harder than getting into, you know, uh, like, you know, Harvard law school. Like there's, <laughs> there are fewer people working as concept artists for Blizzard than there are people, you know, who, uh, want to be a lawyer well attend even the most elite you know colleges it's 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 super competitive and so if you want one of those spots you have to really earn it and, you know i'm putting in my dues i'm working on stuff for heroes of the storm and here uh, and hearthstone and uh just recently i got an assignment from uh the warcraft 3 reforged team i can't tell it i can't tell anybody anything about those what i'm going to be doing 
It's totally you'll fine. See, you'll <laughs> see more of it. You'll see more of it if you follow my page. You'll see. You'll see. You know, kind of what I got to work on for Heroes of the Storm. I've been doing stuff for them for the past few years, so you can already see some of the stuff that I've put in um, in game already. Uh, there's a couple of couple of skin tints and a bunch of like profile uh, avatar, you know, images and stuff like that. But um, right. I'm starting to work on stuff that's a little more heavy, a little more substantial, which is great because it gives me an opportunity to kind of like, you know, show off what I can do. But yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, you know, designing for cosplayers and designing for for uh, concept art is, is it's very similar. Um, you know, you're, the only difference is that with cosplayers, you really have to take in, you know, real world physics in, into account and real world material so yeah yeah but i'm sorry i kind of went off on a, a bunch no of no that's totally fine <laughs> totally fine i love letting guests take over and go on rants it helps helps give yeah. content <laughs> well i'm just you know i'm just assuming that maybe you know people don't know my story or anything like that so kind of i mean beginning <laughs> yeah i mean i've got i've got some friends that like aren't too deep into cosplay in the community like i am and how you yeah. are so i mean yeah. this is this is good stuff for them to learn sure. more about you and i mean i'm for sure because sure, I've, I've shared your work on my blog countless times when i write out like jessica's stuff or mm. other other cosplayers that have done some of your designs so um yeah it, it's really something um you're certainly like one hell of an artist i mean i don't I don't think I'm, I have the skill level to create something that you've designed. And I mean, I guess I'm okay with that. Cause I mean, I, I cosplay <laughs> when I, I cosplay when I can, but it's just like, right. I don't know. Well, you know, I've like told people I would love to cosplay one of my own things at some point, but I can't imagine being able to do that. I'd actually have to pay someone just to make it for me. Cause <laughs> there's, no <laughs> way. there's no way. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I try to, I, especially recently, I've been trying to um, make sure that uh, things were a little bit more um, clear on how they, you know, fit together and what materials they're made of and how things are connected. And you know, you start thinking about uh, how things are anchored and how they, you know, fit and attach to the body, and that tends to help cosplayers out a lot. Save, saves them a lot of time, like problem right. solving and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. Um... Oh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, like when you talked about like how, like getting a job like at Blizzard or as a concept artist is very competitive. I feel like, I feel like just like the gaming industry and like other certain like artistic industries in general are just very competitive to get into. Mm. Like I'm, I'm still struggling to try to find a a, a full time gig as a graphic designer. Yeah, and I mean, my current location's not that great. In terms of designer jobs, so I mean, like I've been looking in like um, other, you know, cities like Boston or Atlanta right. or California, right. but it's it's definitely a tough one. Well, I mean, that's yeah, that that's exactly why I moved down here. Um, you know, I was I'm in um, <laughs> I'm like 10, 15 minutes away from uh, Blizzard's campus now, um, <laughs> which is when I, you know. I, I was I, a couple of years ago. I was I was living up in Portland, Oregon, and um, I mean there were a number of different uh, factors in play in getting me to move down here. But the main one was you know I have to be sh I have to so show them that I'm serious. That if this is the job I want, I need to be here, and I need to be willing to like you know 
say, hey, I'm I'm in this for the long haul. This I'm serious about this. This isn't just some dream. It's something that I I want to do with my life. And yeah. um, you know, it's actually been advantageous because there've been a couple of times over the past couple of years since I've, I moved down here that uh, I've actually been able to go into the office to sit down for a, a planning meeting on something that I was working on with the team. Uh, so you get to, you know, I got to see a little bit more of the process. Whereas if I was living in Portland, I, I would have had to just either sit on, on some sort of sit in on some sort of Skype call or end up just getting an email chain involved. Right, right. This is, you know, you get some real FaceTime with the people that are involved in developing things. And, you know, you, you form friendships and you start to get yeah. this sense of like, they know you and they know how you work and they know how you think. Uh, and you know, that's a very valuable thing. So I, I mean, if you're going to, if you're serious about, you know, getting into an industry like that, you really do have to, to kind of make the effort to put yourself in a position where, um, you know, you'll, you'll be there. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I've definitely have contemplated like trying to figure out is there a point in time where like I could like go out to California and like just stay with some friend, maybe just for a few months mm -hmm. while like I actively look down there. Cause it's like another thing it's like, that I've been told where like, say I want to apply to a job in California and it may be that, you know, Oh, I'd be a good fit for them. But then like they look at my resume and then they see, Oh, this guy's on the East coast. Crap. We don't want to like, we, we don't have the funds to relocate them. <laughs> right. Right. So that could be another thing that's completely holding me back. So, well, I, I would say that that's a factor, but it's it's one factor. Really, yeah, yeah, it's one factor. I mean, really, ultimately, it's going to depend on your quality of work. That that that's the thing that's going that people are going to uh, yeah. most be paying attention to is is the quality of work. And if it's something that they absolutely really need and they they see as you know being very valuable, they'll uh, you know they'll they'll invest in that. You know, but um, the closer you are, the better. I will say that. Um, right. So, I mean, it, it does, you know, there is a, a point at which, yeah, if you're too far away, um, you know, it's, it, it, it adds to their hesitance. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's also why, like, I've started to push, like, the show and, like, my blog in a more professional manner, like, to give me more outlets to be a create, like, a content creator. Because, I mean, I don't know, we, we just live in a day and age where, like, people can make their money or their lives off of YouTube or like cosplayers mm -hmm. can turn the hobby into full time with Patreon or right. stuff like what you're doing or stuff. People can have <laughs> podcasts for a living. It's like, yeah, why not me? Right. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it takes a, a great deal of um, adaptation and yeah. you, you definitely need to be kind of aware of trends and, and be aware of uh, kind of the state of things like, for example, I, you know, I've been streaming on Twitch uh, for uh, you know, a few years at this point, and um, I've noticed that there's been kind of a major shift uh, lately away from the creative sphere uh, on Twitch. They've been focusing much more on esports and much more on just people gaming and and you know doing various other activities. But the artist aspect of thing, the the creator aspect of things, uh, has been kind of um, I don't want to say forgotten, but it's definitely been kind of uh, deprioritized. 
by Twitch. Like so, push, to the, push to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, whereas I used to be able to stream and, and, and regularly get, you know, 30, 40 viewers in my channel at one time, I'm, I'm uh, I don't know, the past few months, actually really most of this year that I've been streaming, it'll, it'll be, I'll, 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 I'll be pressed to break 15. And it, it oh, really boy. doesn't, yeah, it really, and the thing is, it really doesn't even matter what time I stream, whether it's, it's, I, I mean, I've tried different days, I've tried different, uh, you know, uh, different times, uh, even streaming like middle of the night to see if there's just more viewers uh, on, you know, in different places of the world. Um, you know, I've tried having a regular schedule. I've tried being more sporadic. There really, I, it just feels like uh, a lot of the people who were on Twitch watching people theory, uh, seriously last year uh, just aren't anymore. They're, they've gone elsewhere. They are doing different things. Um, there's just not as many people watching, you know, creative streams as there used to be. So, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to stop streaming, but what I think I might do is just kind of make it so that it's more of a background passive thing where I'm, I'm just kind of offering a window into what I'm currently working on without having to necessarily invest in a ton of, you know, uh, interaction or, or you know. yeah. So you um, have to adapt though. Yeah. I mean, the, this industry, you know, especially with Patreon too. Patreon, like, uh, you know, there's, they're always changing their terms. They're always changing the rules. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of cosplayers that have to deal with that. There's a lot of cosplayers that have to deal with social media, um, rules changing or affecting them in some way or, yeah, we can get uh, into that in a second. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I know you've got some pretty strong thoughts along oh, with yeah. me and like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it, it is a, I, I think that, um, you know, this generation of creators, this, you know, kind of millennials and, and under um, kind of generation of creators have really uh, embraced this kind of um, self-made uh, kind of brand um, industry where whether it's, you know, it's something that you're a streamer or you're a cosplayer or you're a creator of some time, you're using the power of social media and you're using the power of these different online platforms to uh to to really get out there and, and and make something for yourself you know that um it takes kind of a dynamic understanding of that environment um you know but if you really you know put in the effort uh and you're you're kind of sharp and kind of and uh quick to change uh when the, the winds of change are blowing um you end up you know in a position where you can actually reach a lot of people and really get you know uh, your work or your ideas out there, uh, yeah. ways that, you know, previous generations never had the opportunity to. So it's, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. And then like, you just have like your supporters or your fans, like rooting for you and cheering mm -hmm. you on. Cause I mean, Absolutely. I can't, I can't tell you enough times, like how, like I have friend or like other cosplayers that have like either viewed my blog and they really appreciate it. Or like they mm -hmm. listen to my podcast and they think it's really something special like that. Yep, definitely stuff like that keeps us going. Oh, absolutely! To try yeah. and like make something out of it. Yeah, yeah. The more, the more, you know, the more feedback you get, um, whether it's positive or negative. Like you know, negative. You can't you can't discount the value of negative feedback too, as long as it's constructive. Um, and you know, not had, outright hate. Yeah. Oh exactly. yeah. No, I mean, 
that's not really feedback. That's just, <laughs> I don't count that as feedback. Like, I guess it is, but it's, you know, it's just garbage. Um, no, you know, what you, you have to be able to, to take crea uh, creative criticism and constructive criticism. And, um, you know, cause you're never, the, the people who, who are going to end up just getting mired in their own kind of, uh, uh, kind of just their own ways of doing things and never really adapt or, or change or improve are the ones that think that they're great just how they are. And they don't need to improve. They don't need to learn anything new. And, um, you know, you need to be able to take everything that you hear in stride. And, and you know, the... Um, as an artist, it's just something you have to keep in mind too, is that, you know, you should never feel like you're finished. You should never feel like you're done learning or you, you, you have a, a set style that you have to stick to because the day you do that is the day you stopped growing as an artist. You're just, that's, that's right. what you're going to be and you're never going to learn anything else. Um, and I, you know, I, I, it extends into pretty much every, you know, other kind of creative profession, whether it's, it's uh, broadcasting or, 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 you know, cosplay or, really anything you know if you're a creative person you need to be able to continue creating and and trying new things so uh yeah feedback <laughs> yeah yeah that's good so yeah i guess um before we get into i guess the other big topic that i came up with because of you uh mm. <laughs> um one one thought that crossed my mind was that like you work with a lot of cosplayers like doing mm -hmm. designs for them is there one cosplayer in particular that you haven't worked with yet that you would love to do so in the future i've got a list i got a whole list i was just gonna say do you have a list <laughs> i got a whole list uh i don't want to really get into it because i don't want people to feel like i'm, I'm you know playing favorites or uh like i'm oh, forgetting fine. anybody because there's probably like honestly like i'm I don't know how, how many times I'm just going on Instagram or, or, or on Twitter and just and going, wow, I don't even know who this cosplayer is, but I would love to do something with them. You know, like I've never heard of them before, oh, sure. but this is amazing. They do excellent work. So, I mean, that I don't, you know, not counting that, uh, there are some cosplay friends of mine who I've known for a long time and I've been trying to get them uh, to do something with me uh, for a long time. And it's, you know, a lot of the time it's because they've got their own projects. Uh, underway the timing and whatnot they or they just don't have time uh i mean like for example uh you know uh, riddle um if you know riddle cosplay uh yeah <laughs> i have i I, mean, I i've known ricky for forever and um you know yeah. we talked i don't know how many times about hey let's let's do something but you know she does she does real costume work for the mcu and so like she she really even rarely has time to do costumes for herself anymore Oh yeah, like you know the idea of like getting I believe it. Like that um, another person that I've you know spoken to in the past, but we just ne just haven't found the right project uh, before is uh, Yaya Yaya Han. Um, uh, you know, Yaya is just her sensibilities are amazing and uh, her work is incredible and Absolutely. I've always admired it. And um, you know, it, it's it's interesting because like she makes me want to to, to uh, do more needlepoint and needlework design it's more fabric related uh because okay, yeah. the stuff that she comes up with is and the, the fabrics and stuff that she puts out are just so beautiful mind-blowing yeah yeah that it just makes me like i know that i end up getting known for the armor stuff that i do but i i really do genuinely enjoy doing stuff that's like these intricate uh kind of delicate 
kind of graceful uh, fabric designs that are really great. And I think that uh, working with her on something like that would be just kind of a, a huge change of pace and something that I would really love doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's, there are so many cosplayers out there. Like I, I could just keep going, honestly, it's just, um, but you know, it really boils down to a, a, a matter of, of time and, and money and, and uh, you know, cause like ultimately I, I don't get to really pick a lot of passion projects per year, uh, especially right. after last year where the whole year was just one giant pass, passion project. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it, you, you you have to kind of pick and choose because if you if you fill you know your schedule up with too many things that essentially you, you don't expect to get paid for um then you know you end up not having money to make rent or pay the bills or you know buy food or go to conventions so it's like you know i for me i really have to focus on only you know who's willing to work with me as you know as a, a client um yeah and that really does put limitations on things because there's a lot of projects that I would I would love to get into there's a lot of different designs that I'd like to create uh, just you know based on my own ideas and things that I'd like to, to bring to life and um, for a while I was able to do that by setting goals on twitch but like I've said you know before it's been kind of slow there so it's been a little harder to, to get those things out um, but yeah I mean there oftentimes like it really just depends like I've there have been a number of times where I'll see a cosplayer that just does such phenomenal work and I, I, I have to contact them and say, look, you know, I, whenever, <laughs> whenever the next time you have a moment and you want to work on something with me, please let me know because I am all about it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know, not everybody takes you up on it. Not everybody uh, has the time. Uh, so, you know, I don't, uh, I don't want to, you know, rule out doing that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely open uh, for an, uh, right. num a number of cosplayers that are out there that if honestly, if they were just like, hey, uh, do you want to work with me, like collaborate on something? I'd be like, yes, yes. I don't know when, but we'll figure it out. Like, yeah, make it work. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, there's a whole wide world of cosplayers out there. And I, I the list of people that I uh, I literally wouldn't want to work with is. <laughs> almost non-existent so it, keep, it keeps growing <laughs> it won't end yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 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 no for me like ricky yaya jessica they're they're definitely um cockbird i've known for a, a long time and they're mm -hmm. also much like how you want to work with them like i also would just love to have them on for an episode mm -hmm. just yeah. once just to see what it's like but again it's like they've got their own stuff going on it's like yep. it's just timing and yep. just schedules lining up, it can definitely yep. be tricky. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, they're like I, I know some people. You know, they the the larger named cosplayers, as as I guess you would put it, uh, get a lot of flack for being kind of aloof or you know too big to do you know to interact with people, but. In, in all honesty, when you interact with them, when you see them in person, as long as you're respectful and you wait your turn and you, you, you know, you you get in a chance to talk to them, they're the sweetest people you'll ever meet. Absolutely, they are, yep. And they're they're the most humble people you'll ever meet. Like nobody goes around necessarily expecting like anything from anybody, um, or that like they feel like you know you have to, I don't know, owe them something in some way for for talking to you, like. Uh, 
people, you know, they're, they're very, very genuinely uh, wonderful people. Um, yeah. So, I mean, as long as, as long as you're respectful of their space and their time, um, you know, they're, they're very, uh, very easy people to talk to. So yeah. it's just a matter of, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's time, it's time. Everybody's busy nowadays. You know, everybody's trying to, to hustle and really, uh, you know, <laughs> make that bread as they say. Get that bread. <laughs> get that bread. Right. Get that bread. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And uh, that can be tough when your main marketing tools want to take a shit on your work because of algorithms. So, <laughs> so the one thing I've known Zach for from some, from some of his posts is some of his, I'll say semi-long-winded uh, rants about <laughs> like, like Instagram and their shadow band and then Twitch with their recent... Um, I guess stream some streamers like getting special treatment because they make Twitch a lot of money. Mm. But I mean, like, so I think we can all agree at this point that um, Facebook um, is garbage in terms <laughs> of like having a cosplay page because for like, I, garbage. Yeah. yeah. So like, like cosplay, they mainly have a Facebook page and honest to God, I don't see many posts to their pages anymore. Yeah. I don't aside either. from a few. Yeah. Which is why I've stopped like linking to their Facebook page mm -hmm. at the end of all of my blog posts, yep. and I started going to Instagram because I get Instagram is better in terms of like you're yeah. showing your work slightly. But <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, honestly, is the best. It's it's weird because not a, not a lot of people actually are willing to give Twitter a chance, but uh, Twitter is one of the best out there in terms of like not uh, hiding posts from people, not banning people for things that are you know kind of ridiculous uh right that's but, how yeah. i got my start like, mm -hmm. that's how i started meeting like jessica and all these other girls that's how i started and uh it it's always been my favorite platform but uh yeah uh instagram with the shadow bands and them being like very hard on cosplayers that do that do uh lewd content like mm -hmm. As I guess, like the fast, easy way to create content for like their Patreons to like help them like fund their like armor build and whatnot. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. And then you've got stories of like I think I I kept hearing when this first was starting to blow up, like how this one person had a massive group of people like on a Discord and they would just like mass report. Oh yeah. Cosplayer photos to get them taken down and then yeah, they're, yeah they're weaponizing the platforms. Yeah. They're, they're weaponizing inherent problems or, or weaknesses in the in the, the, the platforms uh, against the cosplayers. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a major problem because what I don't understand and this is a little bit kind of going to what I was ranting about, uh, as you said, a couple of days ago, uh, I used a, a session on my Twitch to just rant for a while about this um, because it, it was it was after you know a couple of close friends, uh, kind of rapid fire succession got their pages uh, affected in some way, whether it was removed or, or banned in some way uh, for 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 nothing for for no rational reason. Um, and it, 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 it's that, you know, we, we as a generation built these social media platforms. Yep. We built them, whether it's, you know, we were the ones doing the engineering at, at like the actual programming level. And, it, you know, in many cases that is, that is what happened, but 
uh, or we're the ones who engineered their success by engaging with them and, and giving them, uh, you know, accounts that <laughs> that uh, people could follow and actually, you know, participating on these platforms over the years, you know, uh, taking place in Facebook, uh, you know, as a as a platform, like saying, you know, I'm going to get a fa Facebook page, I'm going to, to get an Instagram, I'm going to interact with people on these platforms. Uh, we made them what they are. And the fact that they've chosen, like willingly chosen uh, to kind of go along with this archaic kind of, uh, kind of, it really is archaic kind of sense of, of, of like outdated morality that's not shared by a vast majority of the, the people who built these platforms. It's, it, it's, it's mind boggling to me because, yeah. you know, like, if you were to ask your average, I don't know, uh, 18 to, to 35 year old, you know, do, do nipples bother you? Do, do female nipples bother you when you see them? You know, most people are gonna be like, what? Why would that bother me? What, how is, like, what? <laughs> right, <laughs> what, yeah. What, what kind of a question is that? It's just ridiculous. And yet you have Facebook and you have Instagram banning people for just like even breastfeeding videos and it's like like who is making this call and for a while you know it, it started you started to think maybe these companies are just evil like they don't or they're they're run by some like weird kind of uh just um puritanical you know uh weirdos right but, and then you and then you find out about the algorithms and that's where you start realizing that there's 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 a another kind of element to this whole story that that they these platforms are definitely uh, neglecting to address, and that's that's a major problem. Uh, and it, you know, they're not actively necessarily flagging everybody's accounts and saying, "Okay, well, you can't do that." It's more so that they just have this algorithm built in, where it allows them to essentially be lazy or to not necessarily have to pay a bunch of staff. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> um, and you know, where they take the human element out of actually like trying to. Uh, to evaluate whether this, uh, these these uh, these images are are actually a problem, or if it's something that's just like, oh well, it's just a boudoir photo. Like, what you know, what's the what's the issue? And it's that they they essentially, you know, if a photo receives or an account receives a certain number of of, of reports, then the image or the account is immediately taken down by the algorithm. There's no review process. There's no human involved in looking at these things. They just to determine it. Yeah. And while I can see that being a beneficial thing, uh, you know, in, in the event that like what we, what we had with, in New Zealand where you had the guy who was filming, uh, you know, his killing spree, essentially. And that's, you know, that oh, should yeah. never be allowed to be on, on social media. But, you know, I can see the value in, in doing something like in having it in place for something like that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, these girls rely and guys rely on you know these platforms to conduct business and when yep. their accounts get banned for 30 days or they get banned even just three days that's a make, lot of money can be a major interruption yeah to their 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 flow of of information their flow of content and ultimately it, you know it, it does end up hurting them in the pocket and you know there's no review process so, I mean, they can, you know, they can try to fight it. They can try to like, 
contact Instagram or Facebook and maybe after a lot of red tape, get through to an actual human can, who can review it and say, oh, okay, this doesn't you know, break our terms of service. But most often it doesn't even get that far. Um, yeah. You know, it just, it ends up just staying closed or staying down. And um, it really needs to, like Instagram and Facebook really need to, to, to take a long, hard look at how uh, they are developing as a platform. Because if they really want to just go back to a point where they're not really feasible as a business model, except for people who are willing to dump lots and lots of money, then they're not going to have a lot of creators on there. They're not going to have a, a very large or, or vibrant uh, kind of small business community on those platforms, period. Yeah. Because nobody's going to, I stopped putting money into uh, advertising anything on Facebook uh, a couple years ago. I used to on occasion just to see what it, you know, what it could do. Yeah. Sure. And the problem, the problem is they guarantee, they say, look, we're going to guarantee you this post will be seen by, you know, 50,000 people. Okay. But what they don't tell you is that unless you very, very, very specifically filter who you want to see that, that post, they'll feed it to whoever. And you would not believe how many times they just feed it to some bot account in Pakistan. When you actually start looking at where the accounts that they were actually, you know, feeding this 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 post. Oh, that's fun. It was like, oh, it was like of the fifty thousand, maybe thirty of thirty thousand of them were random bot accounts that were, you know, located in 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 Pakistan or India or you know in, in China. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't help me. <laughs> so like, no. <laughs> so you either then have to completely filter out an entire region, which you know, if you're somebody who actually may have legitimate fans in that region too that that's detrimental uh you know or you just have to take whatever they'll give you and to me like that's just a it's a terribly flawed system and i i wasn't gonna you know i didn't want to spend any more money on it um yeah and honestly like it, it just it got to the point where i realized that you know i my facebook reach just completely bottomed out uh i i recently i think i just hit like thirty thousand. Uh, followers on, on on Facebook and that you know that's that's over the course of like 10 years that have been building that up uh, and, and you know it's it, at this point it grows maybe a couple of people a week uh, and then it drops down as soon as they start cutting out you know random fake accounts that they find so you know it, it it's basically just completely stalled and yeah uh, and I'm not gonna sit here and pay hundreds of dollars uh, a month to 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 constantly promote posts uh, on a platform that, you know, really should just be about free, uh, free information anyway. Yeah. And, and it should be about being able to connect with the, 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 the people and the small businesses that you want to connect with without having to deal with a bunch of ads, without having to deal with a bunch of algorithms, filtering what, what you get to see. Uh, and I mean, we, we haven't even gotten to the kind of moral issue of all of this yet. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Because I mean that's that's like a whole other thing. This is this is mostly just negligence and and kind of uh, ineptitude in terms of how they've designed their systems that we're talking yeah. about at this point. And I mean that's just that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. Because then you get into the idea that you know there are there are things that that slip by on Instagram and on Facebook that like if it's an account that's paying a lot of money, like they'll just let it slide. But hmm. if it's not, 
you know, uh, instant instant ban. Like, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So you you do end up, you know, with that system. That's the system that they have in place. You end up with this kind of odd uh, problem where you have. Um, you know, people who I, I can't I can't fathom what their lives must be like. Uh, where you know to to be at the point where this is how they've chosen to spend their time during the day is where they they like you said they'll go to a Reddit or a Discord and they'll say we're targeting this cosplayer today. But they're and jealous of just them yeah. using their body right. to make money like right. get a get a regular job right the they're, they're, attitude they're, yeah right they're jealous or they feel entitled to something entitlement is oh god entitlement is probably one of the the biggest problems facing uh you know our generation is uh this sense that for whatever reason you know you're entitled to to some sort of special treatment uh you know whether it's because you're male or because you're white or because you're you know cis passing like it's it just one for one reason or another uh the, there's just, there's just tons of people out there that have this sense of entitlement and it's, it's really damaging to other people yeah because instead of just celebrating other people's success and being happy for them they're they're just angry that they don't have that success and instead of evaluating themselves and saying hey what do I need to do to gain that kind of success? What would I need to, 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 what kind of time would I need to put in to build something like that? They just like, instead just get angry at anybody who has that success and try to do everything they can. Like, honestly, if, if some of these guys would put the same amount of energy and effort that they put into like making these girls lives a living hell into instead like building some sort of valuable uh, brand for themselves or, or honing some sort of skill that's valuable to other people. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. No. It's like, dude, pick up a guitar, uh, you know, pick up a pencil or a pen, write something, you know, be a creative writer, uh, be empowering in some way, you know, don't just sit there and just, you know, be some sort of crazy keyboard warrior who is just going to like, inflict the rest of the the world with your bizarre skewed pigeonhole kind of view of the world right uh, right it just it comes from a place of hate it just hatred and anger and jealousy and and who knows what else uh it, it's you know like we we need to stop giving these people a platform to work on and those people don't get banned. Those people suffer no consequences on these platforms. And that's yeah. part of what really bugs me. That's infuriating. Yep. Because like, if you have a, an account, okay, that's tied to a particular email. And even if that email has like seven or eight different accounts, whatever, uh, and they keep reporting these photos. And then after review, Facebook determines that the photo didn't break terms of service. Right. Why is there no consequence for somebody who is a repeat offender of that? Like, why is Facebook not looking at these people who are repeatedly offering false reports? Like, if you if you file a false police report, you know, that's a crime. You can actually go to jail for that. No, yeah. And I'm not saying yeah. these people should, should go to jail, but what I'm saying is they should suffer the same consequences of, of that, you know, the, 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 you know, as the people who 
you know, the kind of consequences they're trying to inflict on people. Yeah, just lock you know lock them out of their account yeah, or their like, okay, uh, platform permanently. Yeah, yeah, give them a warning. Say, look, you've offered this many false uh, false reports. Uh, you know that's two strikes, or that you know that's your third strike. You will now be placed on a thirty day ban, and if you continue to do it, your account will be locked down permanently. Something like that. It really wouldn't even be all that technically con complicated for you know these platforms to do, but they don't do it because ultimately it's just more time and energy they have to to put into their platform uh, to improve it when they could just not do that. <laughs> yeah, and, and probably continue to make the same amount of money. Yeah, like and that's the problem is that for whatever reason these these platforms sold out a long time ago. You know, Facebook was great when it started, but it sold out a long time ago, and and it sold out because they wanted money. It's greed. It's it's plain and simple. It's greed. Yeah. And I mean, every time every time you see a platform that starts to come up that maybe could work, there's this kind of weird smear campaign that ends up uh, you know coming out about it. Like we saw that with what uh, Vero. I, I was just gonna say, yeah, it. like what the hell happened to Vero? So, like, so Vero, I, mean, I stopped using it. I admit, <laughs> I still use it. I still use it, and it's actually only gotten better. The thing is, Vero, there's there was nothing wrong with Vero. There, like they had one, they had a, a like a one week problem where there were just more users signing signing up than they were prepared for. So there was like some difficulty with their servers, but once they got that sorted out, everything was fine. But it was yeah. like by that time there was a, it was used as this like pretense to then start scrutinizing every little part of Vero and unfairly because you ended up having people who were like, oh, they have this in their terms of service where they can just own your photos and use them however they want. I'm like, you know that like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter have that every same thing. Other social like media every problem. other terms of service has that <laughs> same thing. In it. And it's it's not because they're trying to like to, to steal your picture of you at McDonald's and somehow use that as their new ad campaign. Like, <laughs> like what kind of arrogance is that? That you think, oh, they're gonna take my photo of me with my my pet iguana and they're gonna use it to like make millions of dollars. It's like, what? <laughs> like Think about no. that for a second. And so, you know, and really what it boils down to is like, I feel like it was, there was this, I, I can't, I mean, I, I don't want to spend conspiracy theories, but it's, it did sound very, it, it did seem very weird to me that you had this kind of seemingly out of nowhere, all this like information that ended up being a lot of it was false or, or very, you know, uh, very, very uh, kind of, selective and cherry-picked uh, truths um, yeah. about Vero as a platform and how they operate and their owner and, you know, and and suddenly, like, everyone was like, oh, well, never mind. I'm not going to use it anymore. And it's still a great platform. I still use it. I still actually will post there on occasion because there's still people that are on it. Um, but, huh. I mean, that's, like, we're, it, it just bothers me that we're kind of self-sabotaging in that way because, you know, we had a platform that offered you stories in chronological order, didn't filter, you know, what you were seeing in terms of like only offering you paid advertisements or paid, uh, you know, accounts. Uh, and, you know, really didn't kind of like, you know, wasn't weird and puritanical about what you could post. Uh, right. And people, they sabotaged it themselves. They sabotaged it because out of some sort of weird fear of something that was different or out of some sort of odd, ill begotten mob mentality i don't i still don't fully understand what happened but i i remember having arguments with even people that i respect 
about the fact that you know it's ridiculous to get worked up over the terms of service because that is literally in every terms of service and it's, <laughs> and it's something that's only put there as a as kind of a legal catch-all because these companies don't want to end up getting sued for you know millions of dollars in the event that i don't know uh somebody makes a video of like somebody scrolling through vero and your photo happens to appear like they don't want to get sued for that which is a, you know essentially what could could happen if they don't put that in there yeah you know for something that they really didn't even have part in they could still get sued for uh, if they don't put that kind of legal protection in there and and people think it's some sort of dark plot or or, or scheme and it's like that's not how this works <laughs> um you know sometimes i just wish that people i, I mean i guess i'm a little lucky because i you know i grew up my mother was an attorney my, my father was a police officer so uh you know i <laughs> i I got the law and order theme as as the ringtone, for both of them. <laughs> and <laughs> so you know, like, but I ended up, you know, you, I, I ended up with a little bit more of an understanding of of, of basic, you know, law, and uh, kind of contracts and you know, kind of uh, legal proceedings and stuff like that. And um, you know, when when you can read legalese a little bit, it's not nearly as scary. It really isn't especially when you start to understand what the intent of the, the, the thing was where you're yeah. like, Oh, they're not trying to do it. You're not, they're not trying to sneak anything past you. They're just trying to cover their own ass. You know, that's just, yeah, that's not, you know, that's not evil. That's just them being smart. And, uh, but I think people just, yeah, they don't understand it. They see all the legalese and they're like, that sounds scary. It's like, it's not just don't, you know, don't freak out. Just give it a second. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, we've self-sabotaged every time we've had a, a platform that worked. Uh, and the really the only one in my opinion that is still kind of like viable and, and and hasn't been completely taken over is Twitter. I mean, YouTube has they they've gone through I don't know how many different changes with Oh my god. The advertisements. I can't even watch I can't even watch a video anymore without an ad popping up like every 5 minutes and I'm just like I'm, I'm not doing this cuz I don't want premium. I don't need YouTube premium. It's I don't want to do that. Like watch. This is why I have ad blocker. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so and, you know and, and then you know facebook's been dead for a while and uh you know instagram got bought out by facebook and ever since then it's been garbage uh and you know what's been what's been really pissing me off and it, it feels more like a betrayal to me is uh twitch because twitch it's not just that they've been kind of like ignoring the creative sphere uh i feel but it's more so that like i i have friends who've been actively seeking out partnerships with Twitch. Their affiliates are in and they've been seeking out par partnerships with Twitch. Yeah. And they stream, you know, costume making or they stream whatever. Uh, but because they're not sponsored by some major, you know, uh, esports team or something like that, uh, even if they have higher viewers than a lot of the people that, that do, uh, that are already partners, they still don't get partnership. Really? Yeah, oh. it's weird. Uh, you know, or, or they end up, you know, they'll meet the criteria for the partnership track, which I did a while back and I applied. I applied to be a partner with Twitch, uh, I want to say early last year, and um, didn't get in. At the time, I, w I had a, a really great viewer base. I had, uh, I had great numbers. I had a regular schedule uh, and um, still didn't get partnered. And I think at, at that point, and I watched Hoku Props go through the same problem where like he was he was having trouble and i was like yeah. you know what what why what's the point 
why even why do I need it? I don't. I'm just going to stream, and if I'm if people want to watch, then great. I don't. I don't need the title. I don't need you know. And then you know now you have Twitch banning people for things that sh they shouldn't be banned for, and then letting a lot of other things slide because they're done by somebody who who makes them more money. Yep. And it's like how blatant and transparent can you be in in terms of your bias and 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 how kind of yeah. bought out you are like it's it, it, and i i'm just kind of at a point now where it's like look you know i still will use the platform but it's not something i'm going to invest a lot of time in anymore i just it um it just ends up being just not worth uh not worth the, the time. Yeah, it's not worth the effort, and it's not a company I can really get behind anymore in terms of how they they behave, uh, you know, at a company level ethically. So, you know, I I, I just um, I, I you know I'm always looking for something else, you know, trying to to because that's what you got to do. Like we said earlier, you gotta you kind of have to be on the on the on the cutting edge at all times. Yeah, adapt and see what's what's coming up and new. Right. You know, and there's different ways. There's different ways to stream and you know put out content, but it's. A lot of it just takes a lot more work, you know. You just you end up having to do a lot more the the, the kind of uh, the uh, kind of the footwork yourself. Yeah. And um, you know, in at a time when I've got a lot of like I'm working actively on maybe twenty or thirty different projects at one time, you have to like, okay, well, I don't really have time to. To add that <laughs> it's like when 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 i try you know saying well i'd love to learn how to 3d model and they're like oh yeah well you just gotta like put in the time and here's your here's your program you just you know i'm like yeah well you know i'll try to find that time <laughs> but uh <laughs> for now i'm just gonna admire other people who can do it because no <laughs> like i just object i'll just gaze outside the window in the pouring rain and watch them create stuff while i right. just right. longingly <laughs> wish i can do the same but i can't right. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. Like, I wish I had like, you know, 5,000 hours to put into like learning how to 3D model, but I just don't. I just don't. Because if I did that, then I mean, I, I wouldn't really probably even need to be learning the skill. It's not like, like, because at that point, obviously, I'm, I'm financially stable enough that I can put 5,000 hours into something that ultimately I'm not going to get any, any kind of, uh, <laughs> of uh, compensation for, you know, like, who yeah. has that kind of time to spend on something that's just a passion? alone you know other than students <laughs> right <coughs> excuse me um but yeah i i uh i really hope that these platforms start to take notice i i know that they they probably won't i'm, I'm not you know i'm not naive um i really hope that they start to take notice and I, I you know or if if not i really hope that they start to suffer some consequences for some of the decisions that they've chosen to make um, right yeah you know, we saw a little bit of that with Facebook having to to take responsibility and having to kind of answer for the uh, the data breaches and the uh, the way that you know you had kind of the Russian hacking in 2016 and everything that all the fake accounts that infiltrated yeah. and started kind of spreading false information and they're taking some steps, very very small, slow steps towards like having it so that you know they're they're self verifying articles that get posted and stuff like that, but it's not enough and it's way too late. You know, like I, 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 I kind of feel like we're, we're, we're at a point right now where we need a new platform. We need new, we need something. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
And I don't yeah. understand why we don't have it because honestly, like the, the idea that somebody who's smart enough to come up with something like a social media platform, which honestly, and I have a lot of programmer friends out there and they've said, you know, it, it really, the infrastructure for it is really not all that difficult. I mean, it, it takes some time, but it's, it's not a complex thing. Right. To, to accomplish the idea that there wouldn't be a group of people who are capable of putting something like that together and also kind of incorruptible where they're not necessarily going to just sell out is, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's a little unfathomable, uh, unfathomable to me. Like if I knew how to create that stuff, I'd do it. I don't care if somebody offered me, you know, $5 million for the platform and be like, no, because this is going to ultimately be worth more than that to me in the long run. Yeah. And it's weird to say, yeah, I'd turn down $5 million. <laughs> but it's like, I guess there's, there's, I, I value my soul at more than that. I value my, uh, the, my fellow creators more than that. Right. That if I was the person creating these things and I, I was the person providing them with something that, that would be a, a beneficial platform for everybody that wasn't full of, you know, a ton of sponsored ads and didn't have some sort of weird metric that, that only showed certain posts or, you know, that automatically hit a bunch of stuff based on some outdated morality. I, I mean, I, I would stick with that because I know that it ultimately it's going to, to succeed because it really only just takes kind of word of mouth. Yeah. Of like, hey, this platform works. It doesn't have ads. It doesn't have this weird morality. Uh, and then you have to be responsive. You have to be responsive to people who are saying, hey, this doesn't work. You need to fix this or this needs to be changed or whatever. You yeah. have to stay responsive to your, your base. And that's part of the problem is that Facebook and Instagram, they stopped caring a long time ago about their average user. Yep. And at this point, they only care about people willing to give them money. And that's that's a big problem. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do th do about that. But something really should be done. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know of one person that's been working on a sort of answer to um, some of the issues that Patreon has gone through uh -huh. over the last couple of years with, um, I guess, I guess if I remember correctly, the main issue that Patreon has been having, and I don't know if it wasn't, if it hasn't been an issue lately with um, like locking out uh, payments to the creators. Uh-huh. Because of um, certain banks like not realizing, yeah, and like well, claiming think, claiming it as like fraud, and then, that like, was something. I think that was something that happened uh, when Patreon switched over uh, their primary, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, their primary financial institution. They they switched it to a, a European like a, a British company or something, I think. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah. Something in the UK. And when that happened, um, yeah, it, 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 it didn't recognize the payments the same way and was like automatically locking payments down. And it was a big problem. And it's like, I, I wish that they had responded to it faster because it took them forever to solve that problem. And yeah. it, it, it's like when you had, when, I don't know how much money they're making collectively from people, uh, but it's got to be you know, an insane amount every month. Oh yeah. And it's like, why, why at that point when you had something major like that, did you not employ as many people as possible to that problem right away? Like immediately assign a bunch of people. I don't care if you have to hire on people who are just temporary. They're just there to fix that issue. 
you got the funds, get it fixed. You know, like it, it, it boggles my mind. And it's weird because like, you know, Blizzard generally fixes things pretty quick when there's a problem, if you've noticed, like, Oh no. Yeah. And there's a lot of gaming companies that do too. Like, you know, when there's an issue, it doesn't stay an issue for very long because they know that their user base, the people who, who are paying to use their product are going to very quickly go somewhere else or do something else. Yeah. Uh, you know, as soon as there's an issue that's not addressed. And I think that's, you know, uh, that's something that I, 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 that's part of the problem is that there's no competition. You know, like Facebook doesn't really have competition. Like Instagram is different. Instagram doesn't have any competition really anymore. No. And I mean, all of them are kind of different enough from each other that, you know, you can't really, they don't have to worry. Like where else are some, where is, where else is someone going to go? If they have a bunch of complaints and Facebook doesn't answer them, where else are they going to go? Yeah. So they don't, there's no incentive. There's no positive incentive to fix their problems. They just, at this point, they're so huge that they don't feel like they have to necessarily address. They don't have to care enough. Yeah. Anybody's significant. Even if there's huge numbers of people that have a problem with something like we've seen, it takes a lot of almost like political pressure at this point to get them to change how they handle things. Yeah. Like as you saw with the kind of the data breaches and, and with the kind of the, the Russian bots running around spreading you know misinformation. At that point, you had the U.S. Congress saying, um, you need to look at how you handle uh, No. <laughs> uh, please. <laughs> and I mean, that's not exactly something you can ignore because they can just shut you down and they don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like Congress will have the ultimate power over, over Facebook there because it's like they don't care if Facebook's around. Like, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the FCC will just, they'll just shut them down. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's just, we're at a point now where I feel like the, the social media platforms that we have, uh, have aged themselves out of being relevant anymore. And they either not. need to adapt, change, mm -hmm. or either change because of some massive consequences or someone right. or something got to be like, okay, right. this is enough here. Have a new social well, media ideally, platform. I mean, ideally, I'm, I'm a huge fan of positive reinforcement. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of, of getting people to act by offering them positive, a positive outcome for acting. Uh, so whether that's getting them to, you know, go to a site to donate to some charity or, or, you know, uh, by offering some sort of prize potential or something like that, or, you know, getting people to care about a particular issue because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important to you, um, and incentivizing that in some way. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of positive reinforcement and positive incentive. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of somebody who was just like, you're going to do this or else there, there will be consequences because I mean, ultimately you're the most you can hope out of that situation is someone who's going to do what you want them to do begrudgingly. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, you're not going to flip anybody's idea, uh, kind of sense of anything. You're not going to get anybody on your side. You're just going to have them going along because they feel they have to. Right. Um, right. And I, I think that, you know, ultimately, Facebook, <laughs> you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at this point, I feel like the only way 
that you can get them to act anymore is by you know offering cons real consequences for them. And I don't think there's really any consequences that can be offered other than by like governmental sources that are going to do anything because you know they know that we need them as a platform in order to organize and in order to to converse. And until we have an option, they're you know they are what we have. And so there's very there's very little positive incentive for them to do anything to to improve what they're you know improve their system or how they operate. And there's not enough of a of a weight behind any sort of negative consequences to get them to act in that way. So they're 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 just going to sit. So I feel like, you know, yeah, we 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 really do need something new at this point. They're, they've they've yeah. aged they've aged themselves out of. Uh, of being relevant and they need right. to learn to adapt. Um, and I feel like if they don't, eventually something is going to come along. Uh, yeah. Hopefully soon, honestly. And I think that the more outrage yeah. is over the things that they, they, they choose to do, uh, the closer that day comes. But um, yeah, I always keep wondering if they're going to be a day where like with all like the issues that cosplayers have with Instagram, especially where if they're going to be a day where they're just going to be a massive shift, like everyone's going to drop Instagram and go to somewhere else. It would. It would, Well, I mean, there would have to be an alternative for one. And then I think there would need to be some sort of of uh, galvanizing moment. Right. Uh, where, you know, uh, there's a whole movement um, kind of formed around it something that kind of goes viral, whether that's, you know, uh, somebody with some serious star power uh, suddenly taking up the issue um, and saying, look, this is uh, something that we need to address. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, um, something that's so bad, <laughs> something that's so, you know, kind of catastrophic that it just can't be ignored anymore. Right. Uh, and I mean, there have been a couple of moments already just in the past couple of years with Facebook where they really messed up with something where I was like, is this going to be it? Is this going to be the moment where just everybody the nail in the coffin? And it's like, nope, nope. And, I <laughs> and in that way, they kind of echo the American political system at the moment where everyone's kind of sitting, go sitting there going, wait, is this it? Is this going to be the thing that does it? And then it's always like, nope, ah, man, like, how is that not enough? Like, and then you realize that it's just it's it's a broken system, and that's kind of where where we are with Facebook too. It's it's a broken system. There's no legitimate. It, there's no you know. It's funny to me that like there's so many people that get behind free enterprise in this country, and in this world, they're like, oh yeah, free enterprise. Got to make sure that it, there's a free market and everybody can compete, and there's no monopolies. And it's like yeah, but everything's a monopoly. Like nobody can compete because they either get bought out or that there's some sort of crazy smear ca campaign that gets run against them, and then they they can't survive. Yeah. And that's a problem, you know, like, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I just sound like a kind of a curmudgeon old man at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, I bet you guys didn't think we were going to get political on this show. Uh, yeah, only, well, only slightly. Only slightly. That's, yeah, that's what you get when you, when, you, when you bring me on the show. I get a little bit political. Thanks. That's fine. I, I mean, I, I, I always like to try to, I mean, I do this on my Twitch too. I like to try to end with something that's a little bit more positive and uplifting, but <laughs> no, <that's good. laughs> only after I've ranted for a while. <laughs> yeah. No, just you wait though. You talk about like how everyone's getting bought out. Just you wait. Disney's going to own everyone's soul. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? Honestly, here's the thing. I, I don't have a problem with that. I, <laughs> Disney, I really don't. I know. I don't understand why everybody hates on Disney because 
you know, you look at what the MC, you look at the MCU. There's some of the most beloved movies in the past, you know, 10 past decades. Yeah. yeah. And it's like how, you know, they did that because they cared about their fandoms. They cared about creative control. They cared about uh, the characters that they were working with. And they wanted to really do everything justice. They did it carefully. They, they hired the right people all along the way. And, you know, a company that cares about an IP that much, uh, you know, pretty much any IP that they want to they wanna have their hand in at that point, I'm actually willing to at least give them a chance. Right. And I don't know. I, I honestly don't understand the whole kind of weird anger over Star Wars. I think everything that they've been doing with the Star Wars universe is fine. I, I love the movie. I loved Rogue One. I loved Solo. I don't know why people hated it. Solo was a bit iffy for me, but I really liked Rogue One. Yeah. I. You know what's weird is that I was actually very skeptical of Solo going into it, and for whatever reason, they were able to. T the movie just turned it around for me. I liked it. Yeah. I really did. And um, you know, Rogue One was was phenomenal, and you know the new uh, the new movies, you know, they had their problems, but so did the originals. Sure, and uh, yeah. you know, they those weren't perfect movies either. And uh, but I mean, the, the the soul of what those movie you know the new movies has been about has actually been pretty great. Right. And and the thing is too is that I, I you have to kind of pull back a little bit of justice because it's like getting halfway through a book. And deciding that you know you don't like the book anymore, it's like well, you haven't read the ending. You don't know how it ends. You don't know how it turns out. And I think part of the problem that you know you get when you have a, a story that's written to be three parts is that if you're if you're utilizing the, the typical three act uh, kind of storyline, that the first two anybody who's not really invested, you're going to lose them because that's just kind of how things go. You know, you end up with a a very dark second chapter because you need a, a low place from which to rise from in that third, that third act. And I think, you know, you have a lot of people that maybe don't understand or haven't read, you know, uh, classic literature or something like that, that, you know, when they, they, they critique these movies, they're not critiquing them from a point of, of uh, a perspective of, of, um, you know, knowing good, good uh, story writing. And, um, you know, there's and I, just to just to show you that I'm not somebody who's just you know overly positive about everything. Uh, <laughs> I had a, a major problem. <laughs> I had a major problem with Game of Thrones uh, season eight. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I think I think everyone I did because like, so <laughs> I you, I've well, met a number of people who liked it, but and it's weird. I could understand I feel, it because like I feel weird about it because. In some senses, I think like some characters got the perfect ending that they deserved. I feel like certain characters got the the best ending that they could have hoped for. Yeah. And then other characters that I really cared about, <laughs> Daenerys, uh, just got shafted, like utterly. And I don't, part of me is that because I do understand typical script and, and story writing, I don't understand why they made those choices because they they're not consistent with the rest of the writing throughout the entire series. Yeah. And that's what I think that's what bugs me is that it, it's like it doesn't make sense from a good storytelling aspect to do what they did. I yeah, I binge watched the entire entire series. I think uh -huh. within a within two weeks. Oh yeah, I did. I, I, think I, I did. yeah. Yeah, no, I was posting about it because it was when I was switching new jobs and I had a free week. 
to like and I used a friend of mine uh, HBO account to watch the whole thing. I, <laughs> I, uh, well, cause I'm unfortunately one of those guys who will hate on something that's so popular because I was sick and tired of hearing about it. So like I mm-hmm. hated Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I hate The Walking Dead. I just hate anything zombie related because it's just a it's just a tired trope. But then, oh, no, you so, and I agree on that one. That's I'm the same way. Yeah, stuff. I'm just but yeah, so, except for Zombieland because it's satire. It's oh you know. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I watched the entirety of Game of Thrones, and then I feel the same way you do about uh, Jamie because uh huh uh-huh. yeah no he, he was a dick a waste of a story but then he had an amazing redemption arc i absolutely yeah. love the actor who played him yeah. he did a phenomenal oh, yeah. job oh he's great and then you know yeah season eight happened to him just like they ruined they ruined oh, so that's why arc. everyone was so upset because they ruined his arc in a single scene yeah in a single what the like, fuck? 45 second scene they they ruined eight seasons of story development for that character and it's like it's like when I watched Lost originally. Oh, okay. Where I had seen I I was really into Lost so much so that I actually went to a theater to to watch the final episode with a bunch of other people. Okay. And uh, the last five to ten minutes of that last episode, I don't I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched Lost, and at this point, you know, don't. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what was what what pissed me off about Lost is that you know they were dabbling with with concepts and like scientific ideas and theory, you know, theoretical physics and stuff that, that, you know, a lot of shows hadn't actually touched on at that point in time. So they were actually kind of doing something really unique and interesting. And then suddenly to kind of flip the script entirely at the last moment and just make it so that it's like, not only are there a lot of questions that you have that we're not going to answer, we're basically going to say that, it doesn't matter that they were questions in the first place because this is what this is about. Like, that's that's like neglectful to your viewers. That's it's just it's almost like I mean, it's it's mean. It's mean spirited to do that to your viewers. Yeah, like they had to know that that was not going to sit well with a majority of the people who follow that show. The people who who watched that show watched it for certain reasons, and then to suddenly make the whole point behind your show, the exact antithesis of what that show, what what everybody liked about that show, that's like killing it. You're just like, well, I guess we're done. <laughs> There's no need. Um, and I, th- I feel like Game of Thrones had a similar thing going on with Daenerys because, you know, for, for years, we followed her as this, this strong uh, kind of dominating um, female leader who was on a journey that, you know, she had to learn hard lessons and there was, she had to learn temperament and she had to, to kind of get through being frightened and, and, and standing up for herself and having this strength and, and learning, you know, temperance and, and um, then to suddenly within, you know, a span of two or three episodes, just throw all of that out the window and basically say, oh, nope, nope. She's just like the rest of her family. It's like, wow, so all of that character development, everything that we watched her grow through and like shake off the yep. stuff of her family, of her family name and reject it outright to then suddenly like, and the reasoning was so stupid. It's like, oh, okay, so you lost a person. You lost a couple of people that you really cared about. Okay, well, you know, John Stark, uh, John Snow lost like everybody. 
Like everybody died. And he didn't go crazy. He didn't just snap. No. No. Like what why and then it leaves you with this impression of like, oh because this is a woman, like suddenly now she's emotional and hysterical. It's like what when has Daenerys this entire show ever shown? that her emotions were going to rule past her logic. Like, never. She was calculated the entire yeah. She knew what she was doing. I, I was it's, like, you know uh, you done fucked up when even the actress started tearing up, seeing all these changes to her character. Like, I, oh, come on. Like, and I, I don't... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love Game of Thrones. I will always love Game of Thrones. I read the books before... You know the the the, the series that started uh, the, at least the ones that had been out at that point, and so I was excited to see it, you know, uh, come into fruition. And them, and I re they really had a great run. But I, I feel like it's a show that honestly kind of ended after the death of the Night King. It's like okay, well, that's good. That's a good point to stop it right there because you don't need anything else. Yeah, because at that at that's the highest point of the show. That's the the moment where. You get the best out of everybody still. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just went downhill really quick after that point. And, uh, but I will say this, the one character I feel like they, they absolutely did the best. And I, 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 was, I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day. I feel like the character that got the best character arc in the entire series, when I, I mean, I'll, I'll see if you can guess it first. Who do you think it was? Um... The character that got the best, best ending. Best arc. The best arc overall throughout the entire series. It would be a tie between Arya or Sansa. Uh, interesting. Those are interesting choices. Uh, I say Theon Greyjoy. Because Theon, you went from... Oh, yeah. Okay. Not really caring about him, to being annoyed by him, to being disgusted by him. By absolutely, I was disgusted by him. All right, holy crap! Yeah, and then, and then you end up getting, and then you, then you, and then you, you really truly hate him, and then you start to kind of like, like feel good that he's being tortured, and then it goes too far, and then you're like, ooh, okay, maybe I'm starting to feel sorry for this guy. This is way out of proportion with what the the wrong that he's done, and then you see this redemption arc that's very long, and he really has to like really climb out of it. And by yeah. the end, you're right there with Theon. You're like, my dude, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like goes out like a total badass, like completely rectifying every poor decision he made, like right to the end, willing to sacrifice himself. And it's yeah. like had the best arc for any character. And I've actually seen it a long time, honestly, in any any movie or anything. Just just this huge kind of sweeping character arc. Um, and it's like, those are the characters they actually, as a designer, I love, you know, looking how, at how they, they change their look over time because there's, there's so much storytelling that happens in costume design. Oh yeah. And I think that's part of what I really you know love about it is that there's this opportunity to, to, to tell a story just with some, how someone's dressed. And I think that with Theon, I can definitely see that with Sansa for sure. Oh, definitely. Oh, she was she was probably the biggest example of that. Yeah, uh, is going. I mean, and they they definitely you know had little nods of things with with Daenerys. They tried you know foreshadowing 
everything that they were going to be doing with her. But honestly, we didn't care because it was just like, well, she just kind of looks like a badass. Like, I don't, yeah, like, I'm not taking anything from the fact that she was in bright blue colors and you know, blue and, and white and these bright golds and everything initially. And then suddenly she went into this like dark blacks and reds and browns. And you're supposed to immediately, re you know, recognize, oh, she's evil. That now. was foreshadowing. Oh, I just thought she looked badass. My bad. Right. <laughs> and I think I think everybody kind of just took that as what it was. That it's not that she was becoming evil; is that she was she was losing innocence. She was losing kind of this this bright eyed kind of naivete, and instead become embracing this kind of more uh, kind of realistic, uh, more kind of well learned uh, view of the world. That's a little bit less hopeful, a little bit more pragmatic. And I think you know that that story got told through her her, her you know garments, and I, that's why I, I kind of got pissed that they they misused it at the end. But yeah, I think Sansa, you know, in terms of costume, de definitely hit that arc, uh, you know, right through the entire series. But uh, Theon too, uh, if you go back and you oh, look yeah. at how how he dresses himself and how he's portrayed throughout it, you know. To the point where at the end he's he, he might as well be dressed in like paladin gear because he's just this shining, like I'm gonna rush this guy knowing that I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna look badass doing it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know that that kind of stuff. It's really great to be able to put that stuff into designs too when you're when you're working on on, on costumes and stuff. When you can you can show what this character is about by by incorporating things into it. And that's something I'm always trying trying to look for an angle. Like, because even if I even if people don't, you know, know the character, they should be able to see something and go, "That's interesting. What is that? Why? You know, why is that there? You need to right. be able to see that there's a reason behind certain things. And and uh, sometimes, you know, it, it's little Easter eggs that you get to hide uh, for other people who do know the character, and then they see something and it's like, "Oh, whoa, whoa! There's that thing that you know, some sort of reference to the character." that you know you wouldn't really get until you you actually get up close and you see you know the character you get to see these things yeah so but yeah I, you know i, I <laughs> we've kind of gone on a weird tangent haven't we? very weird tangent i'm okay yeah. with that That's, i mean it's okay right i'm sure yeah it's changing some things up <laughs> yeah yeah keep the show exciting mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely yeah um so I guess uh, before we close out, I mean, I have this section on my show where I talk about franchise design slash um, like teaching a technique. So okay. in terms of you, what I would ask is, you know, so like you're known for armor at this point, like trying to willing to go into like um, utilizing like fabrics into your designs, but um, in terms of the armor design that you've done, like, what's your favorite, um, not so much, like, your favorite character you've designed, but, like, what element of armor do you enjoy creating the most? So, like, do you like, do you like, like, the helmets, or the shoulder pieces, or the breastplate, or the, did I just, did I just open a can of worms? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's so good answer. It really is. Because, I mean, alright, so, I guess I could go into kind of explaining, you know, why these things are my favorite, but ultimately it, it breaks into two different things. I, I, I think there's two things that kind of end up even uh, in my mind. Uh, one is the shoulders. Um, 
mainly because as a as a design um, you can incorporate so much attitude into shoulders whether that's uh kind of to, to make them look intimidating or sleek or stealthy or graceful or magical or brutal and and and, and kind of savage there's so much personality that you can inject by designing shoulders a certain way, whether it's by you know thinking about their their size, the proportion of their outline, um, and um, I I feel like uh, that kind of that exercise in working on, with personality uh, and injecting it into kind of an inanimate object is a really uh, fun exercise as an artist. Uh, the other thing is weapons. Now, I know that it's not technically armor, but it's I count it as part of the design. And weapons, uh, they can be as they can add as much personality uh, to a character. Absolutely, as their facial expressions can. It's like you know, you 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 think about some of the most iconic weapons throughout you know, all of fiction, and like you immediately, you know, when you look at it, there's a story behind it. You know. Uh, you know, Luke, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Uh, you know, you think of Kratos's, you know, blades. You think of yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the Ashbringer. You think of Frostmourne. You think of uh, oh, Vashpeds. Yeah. You know, hand cannon. You, you know, wow, item come to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and there's so much personality that can get injected into uh, just the you know how a weapon is wielded. Um, how it's held, the weight of it, the shape of it, um, that, you know, it's a true projection of its wielder. And uh, I mean, you know, this is why throughout history, even, even as far back as like, you know, ancient history, we, 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 there are weapons we know the names of. They literally had names for these weapons, like Excalibur and Mjolnir. Like there was, you know, th that's how much personality these things had. Is that they actually granted them a name as if they were, you know, living, breathing being, and so you know, as a as a designer, if you're going to be designing a character that is iconic, and it, and it, you know, they have an iconic weapon, um, then you need to really make sure that you take time to give that weapon its proper due, uh, in terms of its detailing and its shape. Right. Right. And, how it how it looks like it would feel in the hand like you almost have to imagine what that physical object would feel like in your hand and really know kind of think about the weight of it and like how it would how it would move you know how you would move with it and um, when you can do that you can inject a lot more personality you're like oh well you know the sweep of this blade arc needs to be a lot more dramatic so i need to really kind of flare out the the uh, the belly of this blade, or I need to really kind of draw it in more and make it feel more agile and lightweight and and uh, you know kind of sleek, uh, you know, or this needs to feel like I'm hitting somebody with a semi truck. So the heavier I can make it look, <laughs> you know, there's certain weapons, especially in Warcraft universe or, or Monster Hunter. Oh where yeah, you, oh. you look at it, I'm like, okay, so that thing would probably weigh about ninety pounds, like yeah. conservatively ninety pounds. <laughs> but, you know, it's not realistic that they would be wielding it. But, you know, you have to think, well, these are fictional worlds. Who knows? Who knows what kind of metal they're made out of? Who knows what kind of, you know, strength this person has or what some sort of spell there might be 
uh, allowing them to to wield these things. Like, I mean, think you know, Cloud's Buster Sword, for example. Like, it's it's basically an I beam with a handle on it. Like, you know, is somebody going to feasibly be able to wield something that would be like that? No, but he does it, and so seamlessly because you assume, okay, well, obviously it's made out of something that's wieldable, and secondly, he's probably a total badass. Like, <laughs> you know, hey, he's just that strong. Yeah, like he had infusements with Mako energy, right. so yeah, that right. probably so helped you, out a lot. <laughs> so you just have to kind of just get to a point where you're like, okay, well, let's, you know, how does this weapon translate into into that story? Because I, I you know, you look at Sephiroth's uh, Masumune, and it's the same thing. You you just kind of understand like, okay, well, there's there's a story here. There's something beyond. There's something behind this blade. It's very personal, and. Um, you know, like that's that's just that's always been compelling for me, even more so than the idea of the shoulders. Is that uh, weapons are like designing a whole other character, uh, you know, in and of itself. So I always get excited when I get to do a character that has a very iconic we weapon because I get to redesign it in yeah. some way where I'm I'm further telling that story, and that's uh, that's exciting because I actually have a couple of like specific weapon only commissions coming up soon that are really going to be a lot of fun. Oh, um, nice! <laughs> so that's 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 a fun part of my job. Is once <laughs> like, I just need you to, to redesign this weapon. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, and, uh, I mean, part and two, like I'm I'm also doing a a tier two. I guess this is spoilers. A tier two uh, cosplay design group for BlizzCon this year. Hopefully, everybody's going to have time to finish everything there's a, a number of people that are already kind of underway but we're you know we're attacking a lot of classic uh vanilla wow tier two like stuff out of molten core and black black Ooh, okay uh, weapons and armor and so you know you're gonna see some stuff that's uh pretty iconic and i get to I get to play uh, around with redesigning it and it's a lot yeah, it'll tug your nostalgic dreams yep, yep. all the way through <laughs> yep it's <laughs> the idea yeah so. So I hope that answers the uh, the core of your question. I know it's a little bit. No, no, no. That's a good answer. No, no, that's a good answer. I'm always curious about stuff that um, what cosplayers enjoy the most in terms of like the costume making process. Oh, they probably not. hate those. <laughs> so here's the, the funny thing is the very things that I listed as the things I enjoy designing are probably the very things they hate having to craft. <laughs> And I think a lot of it is exactly because of the fact that I do get to put a lot more detail and, and, and personality into those things. So the shapes are a little bit more specific. The shapes are a little bit more intricate. Uh, <laughs> so they, yeah, take I, one look, they take one look at it and go, oh, this is awesome. And then internally they're going, why? <laughs> well, what, I, what I've been told so many times at this point is that uh, my designs are deceptive in that you look at it and you're like, oh, that's really cool. And then you start to build it. And then you notice like another layer of intricacy that you didn't notice the first time you looked at it. You're like, oh, well, that's interesting. Okay, well, that's cool. And then as you look at it more and more, it's almost as if details are writing themselves into it, like appearing out of nowhere. <laughs> and really all it is that you're, they're just- They're going insane. They're using a more critical eye and looking at something. And that's actually, I actually take pride in that because that's a successful design. If it's something yeah. where it looks good from 20 feet and it looks amazing from 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 two, like that's that's something that's that, that you want. You want something that's going to look really great from a distance and then just looks even better and better as you get closer. Yeah. Uh, 
because like it means that that design is functioning on all cylinders. It's 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 functioning as a good silhouette. It's it's functioning as a as a good kind of weight and proportion, and then it you know obviously it's functioning at kind of a a tertiary kind of like detail level where you know you're you're just kind of noticing sub details and gems and stuff like that, but then also on the fine detail level it's also working well, and that's it's it that whenever I hear that that's kind of how somebody reacted to a costume or a weapon that I've designed, uh, it, it kind of warms my heart even though I, I, I empathize with the the cosplayers that are having to do these because it's like yeah okay I realize I put a lot of intricacy into that but hey you know. You ask me for a design, you know what I'm about at this point. Is that really on me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, like it as a designer, it really warms my heart because I realize I've I, I nailed it. I nailed that thing because it's 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 functioning the way I want it to. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> I well to me that's definitely one I guess cosplay bucket list that I want to see that I want to see, you know, whether like Jess brings it out or any other cosplay that you've worked with, like I have yet to see one of your designs in person, like worn. I think, no, no, wait, I'm stupid. No, How no, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> you go to I'm way stupid. more conventions than I do. How is that possible? <laughs> no, I actually, I'm trying to go to West, but no, I'm stupid. I saw Jess's Sindragoza. Oops. Oh, there you go. That That's one I haven't seen in person. So I mean, <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah, it looked, <laughs> I mean, it was for a brief moment when we saw each other and took a picture and whatnot. But uh, no, yeah, it looked it looked it was really good. Yeah, she kept pushing me for more on that design the entire time. <laughs> no, the entire time because I gave her a sheet of like different ideas, just like I had with Deathwing. I, I'm like, okay, well, here's like four different basic ideas, and she would kind of like mix and match, take pieces, and go, okay, well, what if we do this and we change this around? But with Cindergosa, like she just kept like, okay, well, well, I need more spikes. I'm like, okay. I'm running out of room to put spikes. <laughs> I'm literally running out of room to put spikes. Eventually, you just kind of, kind of look like a koosh ball. Like this is just, just tons of, of spikes everywhere. Like you're gonna look like a sea urchin. Uh, but no, I mean, we found ways of like, okay, well, this needs to look more like bone, you know. Or she's like, give me another dragon head somewhere. I'm like, ah, okay. Like I'll find space and just kind of cram it in there. Uh, but I mean, yeah, like I said, said earlier, she has a really clear vision of what she wants. And um, I'm, I'm just the lucky person who gets to kind of help her make it into a visual thing that she can then, you know, craft from. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's evident by the fact that, you know, a lot of her more recent costumes, actually, I, I know she she was the one who designed them straight up. I had no part in it. And like, I'll see her working on something. I'm like, wow, like if I didn't know any better, that's something that I would have worked on with her. But I realized it's because she drives our process like the process that you know we uh, uh, the two of us working together so much that it's almost like sometimes my my style becomes kind of indistinguishable with her own taste because she in some ways right. is kind of impressed on me what looks great in a costume and so i've yeah. kind of in a way reciprocated and, and kind of built that into how i design a costume because i you know have worked through these things with her the point where like her sensibilities are now starting to bleed into how I design other costumes for other people because yeah. she just has this great sense of design that she, 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 you know, brings through. And, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's, it's great to see that happening where you have a cosplayer who you've worked with, you know, enough times to the point where their personal taste and their personal ideas, 
uh, tend to then impress back onto you. And, you know, you, you both become uh, kind of better sharpened implements uh, as crafters. Uh, right. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting. Like there's, Jess and I have like a bunch of different projects that we have planned, but it's always like, we get to a point where we're like, okay, we're gonna get to the sketch phase and just, and then when you, whenever you want me to finish this up, cause you're ready for it, let me know. But like we work out the rough, you know, idea uh, together. And then we're kind of like, okay, well, whenever we're ready to get this underway, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> but it's like, it's like a book of, at this point, there's just like, there's just a stack of ideas waiting. Uh, and oh, um, fun. I'm sure we'll see more uh, very soon. And uh, it's just a matter of like how her schedule shapes up and, you know, what she yeah. particularly wants to, you know, hand over to people uh, in terms of like what she wants to, to, to uh, let them in on in a way. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, so yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a fun uh, experience to kind of get to, to learn where, you know, what details are, you know, are things that you've developed and where you, you know, what details were stuff that you kind of were inspired by somebody else's. Uh, and then it kind of just kind of blends together, you know, and everybody kind of just inspires each other. And then you start to see other people crafting stuff where you see details that you would have done, but built into somebody else's design where you're like, wow, okay, they're really, you know, this must've inspired them. Yeah. And, uh, What's the craziest is when you start seeing the source material <laughs> mirror back elements of something that you came up with, whether it was intentional or it was kind of like maybe just subliminal in a way, like they weren't thinking about it, but they're, you know, maybe in their head, like, oh, I saw a thing and this is kind of how in my head now I picture this particular character. Oh, yeah. Uh, there have been a couple of things in Warcraft where like characters have been redesigned or something or given a new model or whatever or uh, stuff gets added and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> that's interesting because that looks really familiar. <laughs> and I'm not like I've saying- I've seen oh, this they... before. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I'm saying, oh, they took my stuff. It's more like I must, they must have seen my stuff and maybe subliminally picked up some sort of inspiration from it. And that's kind of inspiring to me. That, I love rad. that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't want to like, you know, there's that whole leak uh, I don't know if you heard it, the leak about the next expansion for World of Warcraft. That's, kind uh, of. I've, I, I've read about it. Yeah. I mean, like, I... I <laughs> well, no, I, don't I, I... I have no idea if it's true or not. But if it is, I, I'm starting to feel a little bit more like I'm uh, a prophet. Because, you know, there's elements of that that were essentially exactly what I did last year for Project Edinburgh. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Pretty much called that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah. i guess we just have to see but i would love to see it if suddenly like oh, oh well they redesigned this character and boy doesn't that look familiar <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean i'd be i'd be way happier if i if they were just like oh uh yeah you know why don't you just come design for us because you know uh obviously your designs work <laughs> but <laughs> you know i'll take a nod i'll take a nod i'll take you know? a nod i don't i don't need yeah it would be nice to get full employment there doing that full time. But, you know, I'll take someone just going, hey, yeah. we're acknowledging that you did something cool. So uh, I'll take anything I can get at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> 
we started with Jessica and then we somehow somewhat ended on Jessica yeah, in a way. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you know, that's a, I think that's a good way to, 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 to cap, you know, yeah. the discussion. Cool. <laughs> well, we both got, a, we both have a lot of love and admiration she's, for her. She's, yeah, she's, she's a great bread to, 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 to conversation sandwich. She's just, Oh yeah. <laughs> she's a great toasty bun <laughs> for, for a, a delicious conversation sandwich. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you somehow made it to the end of this episode, uh, God bless you. Because <laughs> I'm looking oh, at the time. On, not that bad. No, no, no. I actually, <laughs> I actually thrive on long episodes like this. This was fantastic. Um, it was fun. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Um, if you want to uh, view my blog, um, it's the Lightning Palace over on Blogspot, and then I have a Patreon that is uh, it's free to view, and if you pledge to it, um, it would be greatly appreciated, but not required. Uh, I'll send you stickers if that entices the deal a little bit. I don't know. And um, <laughs> and then, like, I have my Twitter and my Instagram at uh, Lightning Palace on Twitter and Lightning Palace blog on Instagram. And, uh, Zach, if people want to find your stuff, where do they go? Oh, geez. Um, honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and give them my Twitter handle because that's the one that I'm I'm most active on because, well, as you know, for reasons we discussed as earlier. As we discussed, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you just look me up on Twitter, uh, and I'm just uh, at Zach Fisher, um, F-I-S-C-H-E-R, so I spell my last name. I was lucky enough to actually just get my actual name. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just at Zach Fisher on Twitter and um I have links to various other social media if you guys are into the in, into that, as well as my Patreon and my art station page. If you want to see more of my work, is at the uh, it's on my Twitter profile, so you can find all that there. All right. Well, yeah, that does about it. Uh, thank you so much, Zach, for joining me. This was an amazing uh, talk episode, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was great. So I'll do it again I'll, sometime. <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. Hopefully one day we'll see each other at a con. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.